home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Montreal Canadiens looking for another win. They lead Chicago 1-0 early in the second period after the first 1-1 Hurricanes and Capitals late in the first. Devils lead Columbus 1-zip. No score, Senators and Islanders. Five games still to come tonight, including the Tentacles at the Jets. And, of course, Seattle with 65 points. The Oilers with 65 points, tied for third in the Pacific Division. Seattle actually placed ahead of Edmonton because they do have a game in hand. Vegas 68, LA now 67, Seattle 65, Edmonton 65, Calgary 61. That's how it's uh, shaping up top five teams in that tight race. The Oilers back at practice today at Rogers Place after having yesterday off. Leon Dreisaitl not on the ice. Evander Kane not on the ice. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, we're just battling a few bumps and bruises and illnesses and those types of things, uh, I don't foresee them uh, being anything major. Uh, it was a maintenance day for both guys today. Expect them to be playing tomorrow? I, I expect that, yeah. Okay, so we expect Kane and Dreisaitl to play tomorrow. Appears like Dreisaitl hasn't been quite right for maybe a little over a month now. Tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings, it's on 6.30, Chad, 6 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 7.30 as we welcome back to the show our weekly guest presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster, Kelly Rudy checking in. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I am doing very, very well, and I, I couldn't help but you know, knowing you were coming on the show, I yep. heard the word maintenance day, and I thought to myself, I wonder if Kelly Rudy or any of his teammates were allowed maintenance days in the uh, <laughs> 1980s and early 1990s. We didn't use complicated words like maintenance back then, Reed. <laughs> we were like banged up or something like that, and but days off were rare back then. As soon as you sent me that text, I was like, Man, I wish I had days off like these guys have now. And by the way, that are earned. I mean, they deserve the uh, time off, the mandatory four days. And then you hear about uh, other players like uh, Kane and Dreisaitl with maintenance days. It's only right that you have those. Now, having said that, um, when you're trying to nurse back from an injury, um, there's always a dilemma in there for me. And so sometimes when I was playing and I, I was nursing some sort of injury that, you know, I was – well enough to a certain degree to play but it was definitely really bothersome and and uh, you know you had to uh, maybe get some pain medication at times but the the dilemma for me was if i take one or two days off then i feel like i'm out of my rhythm so more importantly maybe i can still go on the ice for a practice but i don't i don't participate the full well back then it was a good hour maybe an hour and 15 where they're a lot shorter now um, but you know, so and and Kevin Bieksa and I talked about it on our broadcast on Saturday. That's the real, uh, you know, conundrum players have. You, you know, you you always like a day off, get away from the rink and clear the mind and be with your family. 
and those sorts of things, but also then you're out of that rhythm. And, and that is a big, big part of it. So maintenance days are super important, but I know the player would rather be on the ice just because, you know, then you don't lose that, uh, that rhythm that you have. And uh, it's just that memory that, that, uh, you know, your body goes through when you do it reps after reps after reps every day it just seems so much easier if you don't have a day off but but must have been different for a goalie too right because if if a goalie and i'm not saying if he's obviously hurt or can't practice but if if a goalie misses a practice you know then i i know they can sometimes call in a you know the college guy the matt berlins of the world but you always risk like well is one net going to be empty and that's no fun for the guys to shoot on right Yes, and that that is it. Like we had this uh, comedian, he was fairly famous in L.A. Harris Pete was his name, and he was uh, uh, he was like the MC at the comedy club, and he knew all these uh, comedians like Robin Williams and all these guys. But uh, one of the, his part-time things that he loved to do is play golf. So whenever I was a little bit banged up, Harris would be our uh, e-bug or whatever you want to call it for the practices. And uh, so, yeah, you have to find a way to, you know, take that time off. But, man, I felt, I felt horrible if I had two days off. And my, I know it's going to sound strange considering you play almost every day, but two days off and then it felt like it took forever for my eyes to adjust to the speed of the puck again and traffic in front and just everything. It was just not relearning because that's silly, but just getting back in that rhythm or that groove again. And it, it would only take two days to feel like you were slipping a little bit. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, well, we'll hopefully Drysdale and Kane can uh, can play tomorrow. Yep. Like I said, Dry. Settle. I mean, he missed a little, little bit of time earlier this this season. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the high ankle sprain or something yeah. else that ailing him, but there have been some nights where he hasn't looked uh, quite uh, at his best, even though he's still been pretty productive. So we'll we'll right. see how he does. Uh, Zach Hyman asked uh, answered some questions today. Jay Woodcroft as well, and I'll get to some of those cuts as we move along this evening. But basically, asked about okay, there's trade speculation, regardless of the player, but how, how much does that mean inside the room? And they pretty much said, "What, whatever. Like you can't pay attention to it. You got to win with with the guys you have." Uh, but yeah. I'm curious, uh, from your career, weirdest trade rumor you ever heard about yourself? Well, okay. So I, I back then we had, of course, no social media, so it wasn't as uh, immediate as it is today. So the, our only source would have been through rumors and agents and broadcasters that might hear rumors, and then they'd they'd tell you or tell your agent, and then he would forward that on to you. The other only way that we would get to information like that, and it would be weeks old, would be the hockey news, right? So a lot of it was irrelevant that you would hear. But I can assure you, once I was traded to L.A., uh, because my first trade was from New York to L.A., then I was on high alert all the time, especially around trade deadline. Uh, because once you've been traded once, you think it's going to happen again. And luckily for me, it, it never did again. I moved as a free agent. But I can assure you, Reed, some of the trade rumors that I heard, and I won't go into names, but they were pretty crazy considering, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I love self-deprecating humor, and I make fun of myself all the time. But the fact of the matter is I was a starting goalie for the majority of my career. And when I was traded from New York to L.A., Bill Torrey, our general manager, said, 
something to the effect that we consider Kelly uh, top three in the league and has been for a while and will be for the next little while. So the rumors that I was hearing about myself, I mean, there were top goalies. Uh, I was getting traded for top goalies, and top goalies were going to L.A., and I was going to their city. So they were pretty pretty uh, astounding. And like I said, I'm not going to share those, but you can only – Fill in the blanks if you go back to my era and who were the top goalies in the NHL at the time. And maybe at some point somebody would have been struggling. I know I was struggling in 92, 93, and I'm sure there are plenty of discussions the Kings had with other teams. But fortunately, I didn't move elsewhere until I was a free agent. Uh, The actual trade that you were involved in for Mark Fitzpatrick, Wayne McBean, and future considerations. I'm not even sure what... uh, what that turned out to be well so. i can tell you i can tell you who it was and he turned out to be he was a tremendous hockey player he played on the 87 canada cup team for canada it was for those two players and then it turned out to be uh, doug crossman because it was uh, contingent on how far we the kings went that year and we beat edmonton in the first round and then we lost to calgary in the second so i think the Islanders could choose a top 10 player on the Kings roster, and they chose Crossman. Top eight or top 10, something like that. They got to pick? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. They did. It's like they do right? that anymore. <laughs> like- not, not in that manner. It, it can be conditional picks, but uh, I think it's uh, nailed down a little bit more than that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, Crossman was pretty good. Kelly Rudy joining yeah, no, us tonight. Uh, duh. <laughs> I don't know many bad guys that were on that 87 Canada. Oh, no, that's a, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, like the, the worst player on that team was one of the top 30 players in the NHL at the time. Right? So that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the stories about... Uh, about the, I mean, that's the thing. Like you said, you were uh, a top three goalie in the NHL. What was it? You and Hextall didn't even get to play. Yeah, that's right. And Patrick Waugh didn't make the team. So... I mean, that tells you uh, back then, you know, there are a lot of good goalies out there, and then like there are today, but, I mean, a lot of guys didn't get the credit they, they deserved either. Now, did, did Wah, did, he, did they actually cut him, or did he leave camp early? Wasn't there some story there, or am I thinking of a different year? Uh, I don't know. It, that, it wasn't that year. It wasn't that because, year, okay. No, I know that uh, I went in to see Mike Keenan, at some point in camp, and uh, I was I was pretty upset because I knew I wasn't going to be playing, and for good reason. Grant deserved it, but I was like, well, I'm not having the greatest time here. By the way, uh, it wasn't like today's hockey where you have like a five-day training camp. You play some uh, pre-tournament games, and you get at it. I think we showed up in Montreal on August 1st, and the st- tournament didn't start until September. So I was away from my family for a month, and I finally kind of had enough. And uh, I went in and confronted Mike and told him, hey, listen, if if I'm not going to make the team, just get rid of me. And uh, so he assured me I'd make the team, and yeah, uh, Patrick didn't. And uh, Ron and I became actually quite good friends after that experience. Yeah, which is cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he didn't chase you uh, like he did Rob Brown. Uh, All right. So, (laughs) okay. Uh, One more for you, Kelly. So last night, I'm doing Inside Sports, obviously. Uh, it's 3-1 Calgary when I left work. I think at one point the shots were 25 or 9 or something like that for the Flames over the Senators. I, I leave work, I drive home, and I get I, then I look at my phone and I see a little alert from the NHL. Tim Stutzla caps off, sends yep. comeback. Um, man, oh, man, like 
again, we and we've talked about this before. Flames just they're not quite. You know, like just something, something always seems to to mess it up for them. And then last night, two late goals, and they lose in overtime. Okay, if I could sum it up from my vantage point in the broadcast booth with my partner Rick Ball, and we did have this. Strangely, we had this conversation with about four or five minutes to go. Rick and I on the air, and I said something about this game is still up in the air. And it just seemed to me, even though it was total domination by the Flames, I think at some point uh, shot attempts were 70-some to like 20 or something for the Flames. And uh, Matt Sogard, who happens to be a great story, former Medicine Hat Tiger goaltender as well, he was playing really, really well. And then Stutzla, he did have an early assist on Brady Kachuk's uh, first goal of the game. But Stutzla was not having a great game. Like, you know, he was trying hard, but he's bobbling the puck, it seemed, every single time he had it or close to him. And he was actually getting quite frustrated, banged his stick on the ice a number of times. And then late in the game, he gets a shot in the high slot, and Batherson, with great hand-eye coordination, swats in the rebound. And Rick and I are kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, this is kind of how it kind of looked, uh, kind of felt that way. One of those strange ones where your goalie keeps you in it, and then the other team gets close and then what 46 seconds later then uh Stutzla sets up to brink it for an incredible shot i don't know if you saw it but that's yep. a goal scores goal that's that's incredible and then you go in overtime and flames haven't been very good in overtime and i think they have a bit of a mental block but it seemed to me now looking back that the flames thought this one they had it in the bag you know they're they're going home after a four-game road trip some of the guys haven't been home in, in probably two weeks or more because of the all-star break and they were elsewhere for a family vacay. So they met the team in New York City to start the trip. And I thought that they'd sort of turned off their thinking caps a little bit. And they were kind of cruising in the last little bit, expecting that they were going to take this one home. And as we know, in today's NHL, no lead is safe. And that's why... It's such a fun league to watch again because there are millions of comebacks, and last night was one of them. Yeah, yeah, there have been a lot of comebacks this season. I know Jay Woodcroft has uh, referenced that yep. a few times as well. Okay, Kelly, uh, thanks a lot for checking in. Uh, I can assure you, you will not be traded in the next week, so you will be on Inside okay, Sports. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, my friend, and I'll talk to you next week. That is Kelly Rudy checking in, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Vinny DeHarnay has been uh, a great story for the Oilers. You're going to hear from uh, him between 6.30 and 7. I spoke to him after practice today. Had a boatload of people watching him in Montreal and also engaged in his first NHL fight and uh, a, a pretty significant day in free agency for the uh, Edmonton Elks. New receiver Eugene Lewis will check in after the 7 o'clock news and we'll run down some of the moves when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Kellen Kennedy has assured me he will be playing only power ballads coming back from commercial tonight. Power ballads. Is it Valentine's Day? Is that the deal? I believe so, yes. Curmudgeons like me don't pay no attention to Valentine's Day. However, we will have our Share the Love Valentine's Day uh, shout-outs coming up around 6.50 and after the 7.30 news. Very exciting. 
We're going to be giving somebody, uh, a couple listeners, a $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and 50 bucks to Bunches Flowers. So we will look forward to those. All right, so for the Elks today, Eugene Lewis, two-year deal. He's a receiver, East nominee for most outstanding player last season in the CFL. Another receiver, Stephen Dunbar Jr., signing. He was a CFL East All-Star last year. They get receiver Kyron Moore from Saskatchewan. He's also going to be a returner. Linebacker Kevin Francis should help the special teams and also former first overall pick in the CFL, Josiah St. John, coming to the offensive line. Chris Jones asked uh, if the Elks are a better club now. Well, I mean, we feel like, you know, the, all five five of the guys that we that we got, we've got a plan for. I mean, certainly uh, three of the five we know really well because we've had them on our football team before. We know what they bring. Uh, both on and off the field, you know, Kevin Francis, I mean, uh, he, he's developed into one of the most solid special teamers in the league. Uh, you know, Josiah St. John, uh, probably should have put him in tackle years ago and just left him. Uh, but he's a guy that can play inside and outside and then swerve a tremendous character. Uh, you know, guys love to be around him. He's, he's fun to be around every day. He's one of those guys you know, like a Christian Jones or, you know, they just bring, you know, uh, they just bring a, a light to the room. And so he's a, a solid player. And that's before you even get to, you know, two of the, the bigger guys in the picture, um, you know, with the two big receivers that we got. So, I mean, these guys, these we have certainly have a, a good solid uh, thought of what they can bring. Vinny Deharnay, next half hour on Inside Sports.